1: everyone this is David welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only miss Marilu Henner
0: hey hi how are you
1: what is going on how are you
0: Oh, I'm good. I'm Well, first of all, I'm at Bucks County Playhouse I'm in my dressing room. My son is in town and he's got all these Zoom meetings. So I said, you stay at the house, do that. I'm going to go to my dressing room. It'll give it some local flavor anyway.
1: I was yeah. going to say that looks like your dressing room. I love it. And you okay. are in Bucks County. Okay. So we're going to talk. I want to talk all about the Marilou Hanner Show, which mm-hmm. is now on in Bucks County and you are doing this show. But before we get there, I have to say when I was sitting down to prepare for this and I looked back to when you started the role of Elaine on Taxi, 1977, 44 years. No, no,
0: no. 78. Oh, 78. 78. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't well, a tradition for it in 78.
1: Yeah. Well, Mary Lou, you would know because we are going to talk about your memory, but... <laughs> That Does that seem like yesterday to you or does that seem like just another lifetime?
0: Well, no, it seems like yesterday because I talked to Tony Danza this weekend. I talked to Jim Brooks. I talked to Danny. We're always like texting each other. We have a group text. We've done uh, 10 Zooms since the start of the pandemic because we did for Seth Rudetsky and James Wesley's Stars in the House we were the first ones March 30th right after the whole thing went down shut down and we said this is so much fun let's keep doing them so we kept doing all the different milestones you know like our um uh like our anniversaries of the first table reading and the first time we went on the air and somebody's birthday and Christmas and Valentine's Day and stuff like that so I feel very very current with the guys and Everybody looks so good and feels so good. And we've sadly lost two members, but everybody else, not good, seems to be very healthy and very happy and still working. Everybody's working. Tony and I, in fact, a couple of weeks ago, because I was in New York doing my club act at 54 Below, Tony came to see it. And then he and I and my husband, we drove up to the Berkshires, uh, Shakespeare um, and and Company uh, to see Chris Lloyd play King Lear. And he was brilliant. Wow. We're very current with each other.
1: Was that part of COVID and Zoom and this whole new world? Like, did it kind of bring you? I mean, I know you've kept in touch, but like, did that kind of bring you guys all back together?
0: Well, it, it 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 brought us back together in just the sense of we hadn't all been in the same room for a while, and now it was like, even though we were, you know, we were very in present time and in the same room, basically, because we were all on the same screen. You know,
1: do you have one memory that sticks out from Taxi
0: that just is like the best memory? I, I'm sure. Well, there's some. people. People always ask me my absolute favorite uh, you know show, and so I always say that it was we shut it down parts one and two, and it was so fantastic because it was about Danny it was we were kind of the centerpiece and Usually on Paxi, you know, we do a Monday read through, they'd slice it up. By Tuesday, we would do a run through, they'd slice it up. And Wednesday, we had this like perfect little script. Well, at the Tuesday run through, and it was the week before Christmas, um, at the Tuesday run through, they said, we don't want to cut anything. And it was about, it was about the cabbies go on strike to settle the strike. I'm the shop steward. So I have to go on a date with Danny, with Louis de Palma, but nobody's supposed to know about it. And it was such a funny, great episode that they said, well, let's do a two-parter in one night and we'll trust Mary Lou and Danny to be on top of their lines and the choreography for the little tango we do and everything else. But my favorite moment was the negotiation scene where we walk across the garage and he tells me what, you know, I tell him, okay, we'll go, go on a date with you. It's lunch. I'll bring a friend. We sit at separate tables. We have nothing to do with each other. You know, that kind of thing. He goes, all right, all right. It's dinner. We I pick you up, we sit together <clears throat> and he said, and within the uh, earshot of at least two or three people, you must call me stallion. And he says, and none of this is negotiable. And I say, except stallion, he goes, especially stallion. So on that line, Danny used to make, crack me up so much that I would, I wore painful shoes to bed the night before to give myself a stomachache so that Not I really, would laugh. because I, You know, I mean, I love him and he's just so damn funny. So, but I love that negotiation scene, I think. But the highlights were every week we threw a party. We were like the cool kids on the Paramount lot because you had Mork and Mindy, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, Bosom Buddies, uh, Working Stiffs. So we had Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari and Jim Belushi and Michael Keaton. And we had like everybody there, Henry Winkler, you know, uh, Ronnie Howard, Ron Howard and everybody. And uh, the, the, you know, Laverne and Shirley, uh, Penny Marshall, and Cindy Williams. And so we were, you know, it was like really, a, it was like being the cool kids because we had the the party, but it was really like a great campus.
1: That sounds like an amazing thing.
0: Yeah. Well, true. I
1: know before Taxi 2, you toured in Greece mm-hmm. with, and John Travolta yeah. was part of that. And I know you worked <laughs> with him later.
0: And so was Jeff Conway. Jeff was our Danny. D- uh, Johnny was our duty.
1: That's yeah. right.
0: And Jerry Bax big Broadway director. He was our Knicky. Uh, Judy K. was Rizzo. So it was pretty, you know, pretty fabulous company to start out in the business. And that was my first professional job.
1: Wow. What I was that
0: in that my show? I tell that story.
1: What was John Travolta like? I, I didn't realize all those other people were in it, too.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, then you didn't do your homework, mister. Well, <laughs> I
1: I knew Jeff Conway, but I didn't realize all the yeah. others.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And Michael Lembeck, who directed the pilot for Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh,
1: and wow. he
0: did most of the Friends episodes. He did my favorite Friends episode, the one where everyone finds out. He became a director later on. But he played our Sonny. He was our Sonny. So this first national company was crazy. I mean, everybody became very successful after Wow. That, most people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What was John Travolta like? Oh, he was
0: great. We became like really super close friends and we had a lot in common because we both had, we came from big families of six kids. He had three sisters and two brothers. I had three sisters and two brothers because it's four and two in my family and three and three in his. His mother uh, taught drama in their house and my mother taught dancing in our garage and his father sold tires. My father sold cars. And, you know, it was like we, we just bonded. We, we were like a real, we were like, very, we were like siblings. And then we got involved. And then we were like back and forth. And so he's just a great guy. And very, he wanted, because I had done the first, I had done the show in Chicago before it even went on the road. I did the show when I was in high school because my, a friend from community theater wrote it. And called me one day and said, I've written this show, it may never get off the ground, we're going to perform it in a converted trolley barn, and it's called Grease. And so, he was a lot older than I was, but I was one, you know, I was the first Marty, and got to sing Freddie, my love, and all that stuff. So, yeah. So, Johnny was interested in hearing a lot about the Chicago company, because he knew that was the roots of the whole thing. I- yeah.
1: I love all that. And you were in a lot of movies when Taxi, when you left Taxi. I mean, you worked with everybody. Do you have,
0: have... Let me tell you something. It's not Six Degrees from Kevin Bacon. I've even worked with Kevin Bacon, so it's Two Degrees.
1: <laughs> I, I, th- I think there needs to be a new game, like maybe Seven Degrees or f- Five Degrees from Marilu.
0: I think it's more like two or three, but yeah. And, and also, yeah. And because I've just been in the business a long time and I just keep working. So it's kind of nice that I run into people all the time and say, Hey, remember we did this, we did that. So, yeah.
1: Do you have a favorite movie that you were in?
0: Well, I loved, well, there are a couple of favorites. First of all, I loved working with Steve Martin in LA story. He was extraordinary and he let me do so much. If you watch that movie, a lot of, he was very into ad-libbing. So a lot of, a lot of the lines are just things that came off the cuff between the two of us. But, um, do you know the movie?
1: At yeah. All? Yeah. Okay.
0: You know that scene where we're all, you know, in the lunchroom, in the, we have lunch together, like a brunch and everybody kind of meets everybody. And remember there's, there's that famous is I'll have a half calf, you know, we'll have, I'll have half this, have that with twist of lemon, with a twist of lemon half calf decaf, that you know, and it just keeps growing. Um, he I did something, at, he was big on rehearsal. So we had a rehearsal, but just the two of us. And I told him about the point theory that I had read about. And he said, I'm not going to put it in the script. You just say it. And everybody looks shocked when I, I said it, but it was such an open thing. And then it became like, a preview all the time from the show so we I was very proud of that moment but Steve's extraordinary he is an unbelievable to work with so I loved that experience the character that's most like me and it was a crazy experience because we rehearsed it as a play first for six for eight weeks and then shot it for six was Noises Off and I loved that experience too, because I, that character is very much like me. Somebody who's always like, knows what's going on and knows this over here and talks, you know, to this person here and gets the scoop over there and, you know, and is always like, I'm ready to save the day. You know? So that was a fun character to play.
1: I love it. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I make decisions based on what is good for me, not everyone else. I live my life unapologetically and authentically as myself. And that is why when it came time to lose weight, the only thing that worked for me was noom. What I loved about noom is that they don't label foods good or bad, foods permitted and foods that are never permitted. They take a psychology based approach. And rather than focus on the food, they focus on why we make the choices that we do. Noom has helped me break so many bad habits, particularly with sugar. I love sugar candy, Skittles, Swedish Fish, Starburst, you name it, I love it. Rather than just say those foods weren't allowed, Noom helped me understand why I have these cravings, especially at certain times of the day, and slowly I started to change these habits. I crave sugar less, I shopped better. Noom, I cannot recommend enough. The app is so easy to use. Also, in what I love best is it only takes 10 minutes of your time a day, just 10 minutes. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. You can sign up for this trial at Noom.com velvet. That's right. By listening to this podcast, you too get to try Noom. You can sign up for your trial at Noom.com velvet. And Noom is N-O-V o m noom.com slash velvet go there sign up for your trial and let me know how it works out for you guys it's great and it has really helped me what about do you have a best on-screen kiss
0: um oh I've had so many good kisses I've had so many good kisses Bert's a great kisser You know, well, Johnny and I knew each other. So when we kissed, it was just like old homely. Tom Wopat, great kisser. John Schneider, great kisser. Uh, My ex-husband, Frederick Forrest, great kisser. We did a love scene. It was ultimately cut. They shot it. We shot it the day after Thanksgiving. I thought that was so funny. So he and I split a veggie burger for dinner uh, for that Thanksgiving. Um, A lot of good kisses. Judd certainly was a good kisser. Uh, You know, they're all good kissers. They're all good kissers.
1: What about off screen? I mean, you've put it out there that you've had a moment with John Travolta and Judd
0: Hirsch. Yeah. And so, yeah.
1: Who's the best kisser out of them? <laughs> no, and...
0: no, no, no. I never make comparisons like that. That's you're at so many different stages of your life. My hu- my current third and final husband is the love of my life. So yeah.
1: That's a good answer. The truth. <laughs> You also had your own talk show for a minute. Did you like, did you like that experience?
0: Oh, I loved it. I was heartbroken when they said the only talk shows that are doing well up against the OJ trial, the only two shows that were doing well were Jerry Springer, you know, and that kind of thing. So I just said, no, I was pregnant with my second child. I was uh, doing a bunch of television movies in between things. And I thought I can't go the tabloid route. That's just not me. So, yeah, I always say that OJ killed more than. (laughs) <laughs> you know he killed everything around that time soap operas daytime and a call yeah
1: do you think that would you ever do a talk show again if you were a Oh bunch? yeah
0: I loved it I I that's why I did my radio show for for 3 years but then when I booked five movies in a row I couldn't keep up the pace in terms of you know I was I was doing booking uh, banking radio shows at midnight and it's kind of hard wow. to get them carrying my yeti everywhere going to Vancouver with equipment and it's hard I mean well I was maybe stupidly doing five shows a week, three hours a day. And that's a lot. That's a lot of content. And especially if you're shooting a full schedule.
1: Do you like panel shows? Like if you were ever, you know, like on the talk or the view, like, do you like, could you see oh, yourself? Yeah, in- I would
0: love that. I mean, I, you know, I have opinions and I have like to express things and I've been exposed to a lot of different things. So yeah. So put me in the talk or the view. <laughs> I'll take it. I, I,
1: I, I, I can see you there. Mm. What about, let's switch to reality TV for a minute. You know, you were on Celebrity Apprentice. How did that all, twice, how did that all come about?
0: Oh, well, uh, the casting director knew me, uh, Chuck LaBella, and he called me. I was actually the first celebrity booked. And I loved the show. You know, I loved uh, Apprentice. So when I got asked to do it, I thought, oh, that's going to be a lot of fun. It is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life, especially the first one, because the first one, they thought, oh, well, with the, You know, the business people, the real business people, they um, will just do a task every three days. We'll give them some time off, blah, blah, blah. With celebrities, we'll just get them in and out of there as quickly as possible. So in 21 days, we only had one day off for the New York Marathon. And people were dropping like flies. I mean, it was like triage there. And so, uh, but it was such it was such a challenge and you, your mental energy. I mean, you're never sleeping. I think three nights I got four and a half hours and most nights I got like three hours of sleep because you're up for hair and makeup. I mean, it's like insane. It's the most insane that way, but the being able to use your brain that way and your wherewithal. and think on your feet. And, and, you know, there's gremlins involved too, because things get moved all of a sudden. It's like, wait, I put that down there. Well, oh my gosh, what happened to that receipt? Oh, what what's this? You know? And it's, it was really fun. I had a great time both times and made money for Alzheimer's and also for our Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. So it's, I like the mental challenge of that.
1: Mm-hmm. What was it like working with Lisa Rena?
0: Oh my God. I love her. She had, she and I had a blast, you know, you're, you can't even go to the bathroom without cameras kind of following you. I mean, they don't follow you into the stall, but they have to stay outside the bathroom. And she and I would like talk in code because we were just, we couldn't believe what some of the people on the teams were like. I mean, she, we, it was just, oh, I loved, she was my, my buddy through that whole thing. I just love her. She's fabulous.
1: Was there like a fun story or something that happened with you guys?
0: Oh, just constantly. Well, hurricane Sandy came in. So she and I had to go, we had all of a sudden a real plan B uh, task. And we had to get into a, a store before, you know, and they're shutting the windows and you can feel it's turning into like the wizard of Oz or something, you know, it's turning into Kansas, the dust storm. It was so crazy uh, and then we were off for two days because they, we couldn't do anything. It was it, it, it's so challenging to do that show. And you have to be really up for it physically and mentally. But as you're doing it, it's a lot of fun for me. And I, I had a blast. I had a great time.
1: What is harder, that or Dancing with the Stars?
0: Dancing with the Stars is much harder, much harder because you're working seven days a week. You're, you're dancing with your partner and you're working with world-class athletes who are super competitive with one another. So you kind of get caught in their agenda swirl, you know, but it was very, it was very challenging physically, but I've been a dancer, but a different kind of dancer. So that was really challenging because ballet, the ballet and tap and jazz that I've done my whole life is so different from ballroom and partnering and being with someone. And yeah, so it's different.
1: There is not one person I've had on this show who was on Dancing with Stars that says it wasn't like one of the hardest things they've done in their entire career.
0: Yeah. You, you haven't seen my show, have you?
1: Not, not this show.
0: I'm so sorry you haven't seen it because I do a whole number about it. It's fantastic. Oh, really? And I show all this footage.
1: Well, we're going to talk about your show because I would like to know, you know, where it's going next. And I live in New York City. So let's just Oh, I'm doing
0: it at 54 Below again on October 17th. So maybe you can come and see it. Although I don't know what numbers I'm going to choose from this iteration because I'm doing, I'm doing like two acts. So there's a whole bunch of stuff in this one at Bucks County that I hope people come because it's very special. And I dancers. I'm doing the whole Roxy number with dancers who have done the Broadway Chicago and they're great. And then It's like, so I did 408 performances as Roxy. So I'm doing the full on and I even got my costume. So it was really, it's really a lot of fun. But there's, to go back to Dancing with the Stars, there's a number I do where I show, I sing a song about it. And then there's these videos that you will not believe. So about how hard it is.
1: I will come to the New York show. 54 Below is like literally one of the best spaces. I've already been back since it's reopened twice and it's a great space.
0: It's great. I was just there last month. It was fantastic. It's great. It's a, it yeah. really it's is a great stage. Yeah, it's a beautiful stage. Beautiful and people, the wonderful people there, like here too.
1: Let's talk about is there, you know, like I said, you've worked with so many people. Is there an actress or an actor that sticks out that like you haven't worked with yet that you would just love to work with?
0: Mm, oh, God, so many. I mean, you know. I've known Meryl Streep a long time. I'd love to work with her just to, to watch her in action. And she's always so different and she's always so wonderful. I mean, I first saw her when I was doing Grease on Broadway because she was dating one of the guys in the cast. And we went up to Yale to see her. So wow. I've known her and, you know, like every time we're in the same room, I'm always like, oh, Meryl. we were at the Hollywood Bowl not too long ago, a couple of years ago. And she's phenomenal, you know. So all of those great Actors Robert De Niro, Meryl Streep, you know, a lot of good people. I love Emily Blunt. I love, you know, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Emma Stone. I, you know, I just admire these actors actors so much. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited
1: to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy, funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh. Somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today. Beautiful Anonymous.
0: So Mer- I was going
1: to say Meryl would be such yeah. a good wide.
0: Oh yeah, especially if she's doing like an accent. I, I want to see. How, you know, is she like that at the craft service table? <laughs> you know.
1: Right. That wow. would be. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Check out betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Listen, life is full of stress. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are. Life is stressful. You may not be feeling down and out and depressed or like you're at a total loss, but if your stress level is high, like mine, your temper is shorter than usual like mine, or even if you're starting to feel strained in any of your relationships, you could probably use the chance to unload. Unload the stress and get it out. Talk to someone who's completely unbiased and who's not going to judge you or take sides. If there's stuff you can't tell your friends or family, this is the place to do it. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera. If you don't want to, it's a much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours, unload the stressors and get some unbiased feedback. You'd be pretty surprised at what you might gain for it. Try it out. See if it's for you. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Behind the Velvet Rope listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash velvet rope dot com slash velvet rope, betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Let's yeah. talk about your memory, which is called hyperthymesia. No, it's
0: not called that anymore. Really? Uh, uh, they don't like it. They stopped calling it that. It's called HSAM, Highly Superior Autobiographical Memory. That's what they call it from now on. They thought hyperthymesia sounded like a disease, so they don't call it that anymore. It's only called H-SAM. And I sing a song about that, too. It's kind of fun in the that, show.
1: That makes sense, because if you Google it, it says, what condition does Mary Lou Hanner have? I'm like, it's a condition?
0: I'm like... No, it's not a condition. It's a total gift. It's just a wonderful gift that I've had, that I was born with. I mean, they've taken... 300 measurements of my brain and everybody else who has it. And what's very interesting is that there are 11, well, there were 12, but now there are 11 of us that totally over-indexed in every area of the brain measurements, but we all hang in there together, kind of. Do you know what I mean? So there's nine different spots, 10 times larger than the normal brain on my brain and theirs as well. And so it's definitely something you're born with, but it's not a condition. It's really something completely different. And it's they're, they they keep even with the research they're doing. They're trying to figure out is there you know what what are the similarities? They thought oh is it OCD and we all got tested for OCD. Oh is it autism? We all got tested for autism. Got, you know they keep testing us for different things. And there's no it's so random. It's crazy except these measurements. So
1: and what percentage is there? Eleven people in the whole world, or it's what what percentage?
0: Well, this is the thing there, there's a percentile, and so there are like 11 people in the 95 to 99 percent, but you can't get money for studies only on 11 people. So they sort of said, Okay, well, let's open up the percentile a little bit. So, wow, they, find, they you know, testing is ongoing and people drop off or they come back or you know, whatever. So,
1: so I could say like June 9th,
0: 1980. Uh, okay, June 9th, June 9th, 1980 was a uh was a monday
1: wow i wasn't born in 1980 but june 9th is my birthday i just picked a oh. year because i figured you would ask me if that was my birthday and you know a proper lady doesn't always reveal her age <laughs> okay. but you can figure you can say exactly what you can think of exactly what you were doing that day That's
0: oh yeah we, wow definitely definitely yeah
1: is this always a blessing or is it ever a curse? You know, people drink, I love my vodka. Sometimes I like to check out of society. Like, is that, is this ever a curse?
0: It's never, I always say it's never a curse for me, but definitely a curse for my husband, which is probably why I'm on my third and final. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just, it's like so funny because my husband will still say, oh, I said this, or he said that or whatever. And I'll be like, no, Michael, Remember, we were standing in the kitchen. You were wearing your blue and white striped shirt. You were standing by the pantry. I was by the refrigerator. We were saying this to each other, you know, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, okay, me I'm all right, you know, things like that.
1: You would have been a great lawyer.
0: Yeah, and thank you. Yeah, I probably would. I probably would have preferred being a doctor than a lawyer because I love the human body so much and it's so fascinating to me. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess I would have with my, yeah with my recall. I actually, I've had two, two cases were thrown out because I, they I was deposed and I was so detailed in what happened that they decided to settle because they said, if we get this girl on the stand, there's no way we're going to win. So wow. change the case. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, this acting thing has worked out for you, but you know, it's good to know. I mean, I'm like a lawyer and I don't practice anymore. So, you know, it's good to know you have, you could be like an expert in cases. He can be an extra <laughs> trial witness.
0: Yeah, why not?
1: You've appeared on Watch What Happens Live so many times. Would you ever consider being a housewife if Andy Cohen picked up the phone and called?
0: Um, I don't, I mean, I don't, I love him. First of all, he is unbelievable. He is one of the greatest people ever. I love him. I love him. He interviewed the taxi cast for the uh, Jimmy, um, Jimmy Burroughs uh, Salute. He was fantastic. Um, I don't. I'm so. I. Hmm, I come from a big family, as I said before, and I get along so well with my siblings that I'm not a. I'm not a real. You know, pot stirrer. I'm a swizzle stick. That's what Tony Danza always called me. It always said I was the swizzle stick that stirred the drink because I was the one who always said, okay, come on, guys, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Let's go take a picture over here. Let's do this. Okay. Pony up for the party after the show, this ride, you know, Oh, give me your set list for the party we're going to have with the DJ, you know, things like that. So I like to organize. I don't like to destroy. And it always seems like you've got to be willing to stir the pot. It would be interesting to be on it for a couple of shows just to see what the experience was like but I would but 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 to answer your question I would say yes to anything um Andy Cohen wanted me to do so
1: if he thought it was the right fit you would say yes
0: yeah I mean I love him so you know if he said I want you to do this for it's like oh okay yeah
1: you're like yes daddy
0: yes <laughs> no yes buddy yes guy <laughs> yeah
1: Are you the type, like you said, you've worked with everyone, you've met everyone, you've been in the business forever. Do you get starstruck?
0: Um, I was very starstruck years ago when I met, yeah, I, I, listen, I love a lot of people and I would be like giddy. I, I, you know, I, I think the the last time I was super giddy was, this was such an, such a crazy thing that happened. I was on the red carpet to go to Escape from Margaritaville. And there were three guys that nobody was really talking to. There was a guy that nobody was talking to. And I talked to him. And like two weeks later, I get a, a phone call, a text and a phone call from Lynn manuel Miranda, who got my phone number. It turned out that that was his best buddy that I had talked to on the thing. And he wanted me to do a birthday message. And I was beside myself. Because I don't think there's anyone greater than Lin-Manuel Miranda, I think, except Jim Brooks is another brilliant, great genius that I love so much. So I get starstruck that way in terms of like, oh my gosh, I admire your work so much. Um, But yeah, I mean, I was starstruck when I first met Betty Davis and I was starstruck when, when Sean Connery and Gregory Peck came up and talked to me at a party, you know, years ago. And you know so yeah when i admire somebody that's like that's like my being starstruck like i can't believe i'm actually talking to this person you know
1: what about you know there's all these reboots that are happening do you think like taxi is prime for a reboot either like with the original cast or you know like they're doing and casting a whole new cast do you think taxi is prime for that
0: um I don't know. I, 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 a Taxi was such a little jewel, a gem of a show that was a, a real, you know, like a, 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 the, a like a great Venn diagram of the times and the actors and the actors' lives. Um, I mean, if Jim Brooks wanted to be involved in it, then I think that would be a great idea. But I'd hate to see something go on that didn't have that same quality, you know, because it was a very special show and the writing was just extraordinary. And I think if you could do it with Danny and Danny could be and the rest of us could just pop in and visit once in a while. I mean, Danny is Danny became the, that, that character was unbelievable. Do you want to hear a great Danny DeVito story? I've told this before and he's told it, but I think it's a great story. Yeah. Um, were you a taxi fan?
1: Yeah. It's a great show. It's
0: a great show. Okay. So the part of Louis De Palma was supposed to be inconsequential. I mean, it was supposed to be just seven out of 13 episodes Danny was down to his last unemployment check, the last $10 in his pocket, the last clean shirt. He wanted this part so badly. And the way it was described in the script had nothing to do with Danny. It was just a curmudgeon boss, and it could have been anybody. Can I swear on the show?
1: Yeah, you can say okay. anything you want. So
0: Danny, Danny walks in. i going to and he walks in and he's got the script in his hand and he said the paper was like shaking right and so but he thought you know he said and it was a room full of the suits you know the producers at paramount and and abc and stuff and he walks in and he says he says uh he says all right before we begin i just have one question who wrote this shit and he throws the paper on the ground, and they said that's our louis you know and he, of course, had like one of the best contracts and everything. I mean, points in the show, and deservedly so. He was the most, you know, he was the, the, the most indispensable character, I think, of, of everybody.
1: Wow. And that takes balls to do during that an audition. Balls. Totally. What if they were, someone decided this is going forward, regardless? Like, we are going to recast Taxi. It's going to be a pure reboot with all new actresses right. and actors. Who who was on the top of your list, like in that? Oh,
0: I don't know. To play me? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, uh, the, the, the character was unusual because she was a, uh, a mother of two children with aspirations, didn't have a man in her life, went through some bad relationships, you know, slept with different people on the show, um, you know, different uh, <laughs> characters that came in and through the show. Um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'd have to really think about that.
1: My mind goes to like, my my mind goes to like a Jennifer Lawrence.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. But I don't know that she'd do television, but yes, she's, I love her. I think she is extraordinary. I think she's, and she's got that scrappiness that Elaine has to have. And you believe her as a single mom, struggling, making bad choices with men and being one of the guys. I think she's unbelievable.
1: I said the same thing you did. I'm like, I'm just saying if she would do television, she comes to the top of my mind. She is scrappy. Is there, you've done everything Broadway. You've written 10 books reality TV. Now you're back on the stage. Like, is there a part of this business that you haven't done that you still want to tackle?
0: Yes. That's funny. Well, I've also done, which maybe you don't know, cause it used to be years ago. I'd say, Oh, I've never done a rock video, but I did. I, in fact, I got a nomination for it. I did uh Brooks and Dunn's video. You can't, you, you can take the honky tonk out of the girl. You can't take the honky tonk out of the girl. It was so much fun to do. So I've done that, but I've never done a soap opera. Not that I, I always thought like, Oh, my, my memory would be good for a soap opera, but I never, I never even auditioned for a soap opera. It never like crossed my path. It's kind of funny.
1: But you would do it if the right thing came along. Yeah,
0: it it always comes down to the material. You know, it always comes down to the material. I loved having a talk show. And I loved when I did five specials for the Discovery Health Network called Shape Up Your Life. I love giving people information. I love sharing things that have worked for me. I love putting together anything through the filter of health, you know, so... I I love that too.
1: Do you think like the talk show landscape now has changed? Like you look at like Sharon Osbourne is gone and like this whole thing with Ellen, like with cancel culture, like, do you think true talk shows have changed forever? Well, they've changed.
0: I mean, what's interesting is when I, as I said before, when I went on, when I was starting, you didn't do like sweet television, you know? I mean, I was having like casts of shows on and I was having, um, you know, I was having Uh, a salute to the seventies. And I was, but I was also doing like motherless daughters and I was doing uh, a a parent's uh, you know, parents adopting, gay parents adopting children. And so i do like things that were a little out of the box, but it was like, whoa, what do you do? I did a whole show on little people because my friend Cindy and Joe were married and they were stand-ins on Evening Shade. And she said to me, I'm going to give you a great show. We went into their house, saw their house. was I mean, there were so many things that I did on the show that were just like ahead of the time. And so, and then OJ, and then that's what happened. So um, it was... You know, and I loved then that a couple years later, Rosie O'Donnell went on and she was doing casts of shows and stuff because it was great. It was like happy TV, you know, but I think that Kelly Clarkson is so gifted. She's unbelievable. And and I think that, you know, I hope that that's the future of daytime television.
1: Kelly Clarkson is great. As we wrap up, two final questions you think, so you really think, do you think your show would have lasted much longer if it wasn't for OJ, which kind of took over? I think
0: so. I, Cause we were really finding our footing. I mean, we went off with like a, you know, a rating that now is like, Whoa, that's such a big success and stuff. Yeah.
1: I was, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And this one woman show of yours is getting so it's getting rave reviews.
0: Yeah, it is. I'm so happy. It's such so much fun for me to do. And I do this thing. I don't know if I'm going to do it at 54 below, but I'm doing it here where there's a bowl in the uh, lobby and people put dates in and I pull it out at the beginning of the second act at random and tell them what day of the week it was, what I was doing on that day and what song was popular then. Michael Orland, who has been on American Idol for 16 years, he uh, you know, we went through a whole bunch of songs from different time periods. I said, these are all of my favorite songs from every year. So he's got the songs at the ready. But I look at that date and I go, bam, that was a Tuesday. That was a Wednesday. That was a, you know, Saturday. That was whatever. And it's so much fun. It's great.
1: Do you see my mouth is dropped open? And then you can say like, wait, that was, you know, Madonna, like a virgin or you can. Wow.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things like that. That's it. Yeah, it was like, you know, in fact, just the other night, it was like 85, her song Into the Groove was like my theme song at the time because of somebody I was seeing and everything else, you know, so I was talking about that date. And I just, it's like, oh, yeah. And then later on in 85, it was Everybody Wants to Rule the World. That's, you know, people, and there's stories attached to, well, there's always a story attached to the date. And then I'll tell people the story why I picked that song from that time period
1: you got to include this at 54 below, but well, it takes so you know. it's,
0: it, it, the, the shows at 54 below are like 72 minutes and out the door. So I don't know. I might, I might, it depends.
1: Do you plan to bring this like to Broadway or off Broadway? Like a, a New York People are talking
0: about that, you know, I've got like some producers who are interested because it's really, it's pretty unusual. I mean, it's like a musical memories, but it's, it's the whole, you know, it's, yeah, I, I wish you'd seen it. I, too bad you can't come out here this week because it's the last week. But yeah. trust me, I know.
1: When I heard it was the last week and I'm not that far. I live in New York. I was like, but I would say 99.9%. I will be at the 54 Below
0: show. Oh, OK, good. It's well, the... good. you won't see two dancers, two hot dancers with me to these gorgeous guys. But yeah, and we do all these production numbers and stuff because it's a stage, you know, it's not like. Little,
1: but well it, if it goes anywhere else in the u.s too i can okay. always come where can it where, where can everyone find you online as we wrap up oh I'm...
0: at the real mary lou my assistant did that years ago i don't have he, he's not my assistant anymore but it's at the real mary lou on twitter and on instagram and
1: yeah. i will share the link so everyone okay. could come the last few days but
0: okay. sorry i didn't get to
1: see it i am coming to 54 below i really appreciate you taking your time i've heard amazing things about this show and i can't oh, wait to thank see you it.
0: thanks a lot <laughs> okay
1: thank you mary lou Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope.